Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome inside another episode of Garage Door Sports. As always, my name is Nick McVicker, joined in studio again, finally, by my good buddy Irfan Manji. Welcome back, dude. We missed you. How was Ottawa? Uh, good, but I'm happy to be home. I missed you guys. Oh, we missed you too. Unfortunately, Kyle could not join us today, but don't worry. We called in a very, very qualified recruit to help us out. Joining us over the phone, I'm, I'm thinking he's in Niagara now, but I, I don't want to be, sh- I don't want to say for sure. Host of the Mickey Mike show and Niagara's own radio show, Michael DeStefano. How you doing, dude? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think you you oversold me on the qualified part, buddy. Hold on. You work at TSN. You're more qualified <laughs> than the three of us here. So, Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no, man, I was you... trying to undersell myself so I could over-deliver. You just totally botched it all. Oh, you know I oversell. That's, that's the best way to go, especially with <laughs> No, you undersell and over-deliver. That's no, you I, I think you can over-deliver on my sell, so we're fine. <laughs> um, Happy to be here. Happy to be here. It's good to have you, man. I, before we get into the actual sports talk, I want to I want to ask you a couple questions because I know you had some pretty cool experiences this summer. You got to go, or sorry, this past winter, you got to go to the Canada Games out west. How was that, dude? Oh, uh, dude, it was unreal. Um, yeah, no, I had a really good opportunity to uh, go. I did some play-by-play at the Canada Games. Uh, I was there for two weeks. The first week, I did boxing, which was interesting. It was the first time that I'd ever done that before. <laughs> yeah, I heard and that. then. Uh, yeah, it, it was really cool, though. It was a lot of really good young fighters. Like, it was uh, ages pretty much 15 to 18. Yeah. Um, so, But they're, like, the best fighters, up-and-coming fighters in Canada. So I saw a lot of talent out there and uh, a lot of what Canada boxing has to offer in the future and, and definitely some future Olympians out there. So that was really cool. And then in week two, uh, I was supposed to uh, do squash play-by-play which would have been interesting luckily yeah no but luckily they uh something something happened and they were like hey can you do women's hockey instead i was like yes 100 absolutely let me go yeah so i got to do women's hockey and uh it was great i i I love women's hockey which is why i'm we're going to talk about a little bit later today when i heard the news about the cwhl it kind of kind of struck a chord a little bit because you know both you and i when we were at western kind of grew up on on the women's game and oh, yeah. obviously the men's game as well but you know we we're very familiar with a lot of the players that were affected um with you oh, know man. the chl getting folding up you're telling me i actually work with someone who used to play in the cwhl um she only played for a year but still like all of her former teammates were from the markham uh, thunder that won the championship not this past year but the year before she's like yeah they're don't know what they're gonna do and it's insane like we might as well just jump right into it are you, are you good with that yeah, let's do it yeah let's just jump right into it so the cwhl did fold and it, it had to have been a hard decision 
I mean, they weren't getting the crowds that they kind of needed to support themselves, unfortunately, but it was still growing. It was still young. It was still growing, even though they had been, what, 12 years? 12 years, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to imagine that the CWHL is going to fold, but the NWHL is going to continue without really kind of just absorbing those teams from the CWHL. Well, luckily, um, they did step up and they said that they, uh, I believe, starting this this fall, actually, this upcoming season, they will be moving teams into uh, Montreal and then Toronto. Yeah. So they'll be kind of absorbing those teams. Yeah, I saw so that, but I mean... At least they are expanding a little bit into the, the bigger markets in Canada. Yeah, you're, tr- you're right. Go ahead, Irfan, you were going to say something. Isn't someone going to make an offer to take over at this point? Like they're, yeah, they're, that they're came out today, to back it up. Yeah, like I saw it this morning and I went, well, that's good news. I mean, six days ago, it was like sad as hell. And then... Yeah, morning, I mean... Yeah. Well, I was hearing all all week that it was the issue. The reason that they didn't actually just merge the two um, was that the CWHL was adamant that it had to. Or sorry, yeah, sorry. The CWHL was adamant that it had to be uh, women run league. So all the like major positions in in the front offices and everything were held by women. Where the NWHL didn't have that f- belief. Okay. So that was that was the big divide when it came to like an actual merger. Um, but now you have the NHL who was supporting both leagues. Yeah, it was fifty thousand to fifty thousand each. Right? Now yeah. it's going a hundred thousand to the one. Oh, they're combining it now. Yeah, they're, they're putting all. They're putting a fifty. Yeah, they're putting all yeah. hundred thousand into one, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but is it enough? I don't think it's enough, personally. Like you, you look at the NHL, like a multi-million dollar league. Like it's just giving a hundred thousand dollars to try and support. A women's league really is is it's kind of a slap in the face to be honest with you like i understand when they were they, they said oh we, we we can't uh pick one league over the other so we'll just give them both 50 but then just to go ahead and they finally have one league which a lot of people when they were saying you know maybe the cwhl folding is a blessing in disguise because now this will allow the nhl to kind of take the end nwhl under its wing and then kind of fully fund them and allow the women's program to really develop. But a hundred thousand dollars isn't really going to do enough. I don't think, especially if you know, that hundred thousand dollars would probably only help to, to usher in these new Toronto and Montreal expansions for next season. I'm not too sure how much better off the teams are going to be, or the league is going to be with that extra $50,000 uh, knowing that they're, they are going into expansion. Yep. It's, it's 100% true, and it's it's sad that the, that the league doesn't actually notice how big a market that the women's league actually could be. Like, you saw we had uh, Schofield in the yeah. NHL All-Star. We got a bunch of them, yeah. It, it blew up, and I think it, it should be something that the NHL should pursue because the women's game is actually very entertaining. 100%. You, you and me watched it, Mike, at Western. We... I mean, I think you and me had many conversations about how the women's university game was better than the men's game. Not necessarily, there's no big hits, there's nothing like that, but if you actually sit and watch how the game is played, they play it smarter. They do stuff that the men's team just wouldn't do because they're more focused on trying to be fast, be big, do this, do that. The women's slow the game down, but actually make it 
look like a beautiful game again. Well, they they play with higher skill. Yeah. Like you can totally tell off that. Yeah, and it's with the Canadian and women, Canadian national team and the U.S. national team having such a big rivalry. <clears throat> right now, most of those Canadian national team players played on the Calgary Inferno. They did, yeah. Where are they going to play next year? What 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 happens to them? Well, I think the NWHL kind of has an open door policy at this point, where a lot of the stars, if they wanted to jump ship from the CW from the CHL or CWHL and uh, go into the American League, I think you know a lot of those stars would have uh, a home. I think that there's a lot of teams that'd be willing to to take them on and and give them. Uh, you know, put them on their teams, whether it's, you know, the Buffalo Buttes or in Hartford, Boston, whatever it is. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, the, the players from the CWHL have been given, uh, you know, with this cease of operations, you know, they've been released from their contracts and they're able to sign wherever they want, whether it's Europe or to go over to the, the NWHL in the States. You got to hope that. And I, I'm really hoping that is what the case is. But if they don't find jobs, that's going to be ridiculous. Well, it just means that there's going to be less jobs out there, right? Like yeah. now you have two leagues technically, you know, fusing together. However, you're not adding any teams. So now it's like you're just getting an influx of talent, which means, sure, the product on ice might uh, might get better as a, as a result of there being more skill out on the ice just because they're going to get a lot of those skilled Canadian uh, players that were playing up here. Yeah. But then that also means that a lot of other players are going to be losing their jobs and exactly. won't be able to make the team because it's going to be a lot more competitive, which is good for the league, but you know not that good for the um, how do I I guess subpar players I guess exactly below I agree. average players I agree right Irfan you got anything else to add to no, that no that was on the point yeah it's I mean we like to see it still around and hopefully absorb both leagues together and kind of make a equivalent NHL and an NWHL, but yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be hard for sure. Yeah. And I think we got to understand that you, you look at the NBA and the WNBA, it's, you're not going to get the revenue from the NW no. or WNBA just yet. Unfortunately, they aren't doing much better than they were, let's say 10 years ago, but yeah, I think the scale in comparison is significantly different. But I also think if you actually have a, professional hockey league for women i think it would do better than a professional basketball league for women at least in canada if they do it right and it, and it compares to what the nhl has it sort of set up wise i think it could possibly do better than a women's basketball league but that's my opinion i coming out of canada person, yeah right? for sure um let's move on and uh, unfortunately this wasn't the only league to uh fold this week which seems very odd in the sporting world at any given point. They, but, they uh, timed it together. Yeah, the AAF, the um, American Alliance of Football, or Alliance of American Football, I can't remember. Um, they ceased operations yeah. as well this week after I think it was a grand total of 52 days. <laughs> 52 days of a league. That's That has to be a new record for the shortest-lived league. I, 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 yeah, it's... it's insane to think that they only lasted 52 days and if you actually watch some of the football it was gimmicky for sure but a couple of those players are actually going to get chances in the nfl this year which was the goal yeah. of the aaf that was the eventual goal 
is to have some players graduate to the NFL. I don't think they thought it was going to only last 52 days, and I think mm-hmm. eventually they it's thought it was going to be a consistent. But, yeah, it's it's kind of insane, eh, Mike? Yeah, the thing with the AAF, um, and it's funny because you say, you know, it lasted 52 days. I think at, at first they kind of had a three-year plan. Yeah. But if, if you don't recall, Thomas Dundon, who's actually also the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, yeah. came in with a big sum of money and a controlling one. share of the league after week one. Yeah. They would have folded if he hadn't have done that. So the fact that they lasted 52 weeks is kind of – or 52 days is funny. We think of they almost oh, no, sure. folded after eight days of league operations. No, and, and it is funny to think that. And thank thankful for Dundon who actually came in to keep them afloat for another month or so. But uh, you see players – now are out of a job and I, I was hearing stories they didn't pay for anyone's flight home they didn't give them anything to no. leave they just said ha you're done bye-bye good luck it was flights <sighs> hotels weren't covered and players who picked up injuries over the last couple of days uh they have no compensation it's like that's kind of asinine but whatever um but you see players who went from like perfect example johnny Manziel actually got cut yeah. from the uh, cfl because of what he was doing in relation to the aaf went, played one game, and now he's back out of a job and can't play in the CFL this year. Yeah, it, he screwed up royally, if you <laughs> ask me. I, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, the fact that he put all of his eggs in this basket here and then it literally only lasted one more week after he signed, like, that's just... That man has some talent, uh, but absolutely no brain between his ears. No, man, I don't, I don't even know if he's got that much talent. but No, but he he has physical ability that could allow him to play the game he's just has nothing between the ears that would allow him to play the game unfortunately <laughs> that's nah, uh, i'm not a big fan of johnny Manziel. i'm not either i'm like, not if either you saw, if you saw everyone figured you know oh he, he's got this great athletic ability he should be a solid quarterback in the cfl he was terrible <laughs> in the cfl absolutely terrible oh, i mean that tie cats team he, wasn't very good either so or sorry montreal montreal was not very good no, I get that, but I mean, I don't know. He he didn't show. No, offense. I agree. He, he showed nothing. He had what four or five picks in his first half yeah. of CFL play. I think it was five. Really bad. Yeah, he's not. He's no. I I just think he has the physical abilities that if he put it all together and use a bit of his brain, had half a brain, he might be able to not throw interceptions. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, he's out of a job again. He's out of a job again. I just thought I th- I couldn't believe that it was after just 52 days that the AAF, AAF folded. Yeah, um, it's definitely definitely a lot uh, sooner than I think most people anticipated. Yeah, for sure. All right. Luckily, uh, some players were able to show off enough in those 52 days that there's been how many signings so far? One, two, three, four, five, about ten. I think it was up to ten or twelve yeah. almost. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. There's now been twelve. Yeah. 12 signings out of the AAF since ceasing its operations the other day that uh, have already signed either futures contracts or are working out for uh, NFL teams. So I guess it kind of worked, but yeah, that's would hope to that, see more. That was the goal. Now, again, they thought it was going to be the goal for maybe three years, two years down the line, <laughs> three years down the line. Yeah. But hey, they, they got a few players to get extra 52 days, so. guys, 52 days, 12 players. I mean, if that was the ratio and they were still surviving as a league, that'd That's be pretty a pretty good, good ratio. Yeah. 50, 12 players in 52 days get contracts? 
Sure. I think the AAF, when, when they first, you know, came in the league, I think they were hoping that they would eventually develop into a feeder program, kind of like yeah. the AHL and hockey. Exactly, yeah. But the NFL didn't see it that way, and the NFL didn't want to put its money behind it and yeah. make it into a developmental league. And that's ultimately where this issue came, um, yeah. you know, kind of came about. The AAF looked to the NFL and they're like, look, we're, we're willing to be your feeder league. Like, yeah. you just need to allow, you know, the guys on the practice squad to come and play with us through, for, through the winter, allow them to develop. And they just weren't having any of it. I think, and, the, I uh, think the NFL really just wanted to see how the league kind of did it for the first year or two before they put their money where their mouth is, yeah. which I think was the right decision for the NFL. And ultimately, it's now shown that it was the right decision. Well, because they would have probably put more money into it than they yeah, wanted to. Exactly. So I th- it was the right decision for the NFL to wait. I think they just weren't 100% sure on it. So, Well, they were putting money into it, and they also were airing their games on the NFL Network. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like they totally said, like, no, you're on your own. We'll see how you do, sink or swim. They they put some some resources into it. They just didn't make that, that overall commitment that I think the AAF wanted Absolutely. in order to keep going, and that's kind of ultimately what led to the – 52-day demise of the uh, Alliance of American Football League. There you go. All right, well, from two folding leagues to... How about we talk about a brand new one and a positive spin on things? Uh, Mikey, I know you're not a big soccer dude. That's fine. Uh, But we have... calling me out right away. Look at you. (laughs) I think we said it last time you were on the show, too, so it's fine. (laughs) Or, no, sorry, when I was on your show. Let me correct that statement. Um... But the Canadian Premier League, brand new league, is actually starting at the end of the month for soccer. Uh, all of us Canadian soccer fans are super excited about it. And this week they released their original seven teams that got their kits revealed. Mm-hmm. And they now have jerseys that their fans can go buy for 110 bucks plus tax. Um, and honestly, it was it was an interesting reveal. I don't, I don't think, I know Mike, I'm 95% sure you were not watching the reveal. Uh, no, Irfan, did you see it? Okay, no. so I actually I actually watched the reveal because I was curious because my company, we were trying to bid for the jerseys. Yeah, you're saying so it. Where, I, where did they air this reveal? Uh, just on the CPL site. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was just curious because I wanted to see what the jerseys were like. I had a bunch of mock-ups made up. Irfan, you've seen them. Yeah, they were I, I, I was interested to see what these came out with. They were much with. better than what we saw. Um, And to be fair, I think they did a good job with the reveal. They needed to turn the lights up a little bit more because you couldn't see some of the players as they were walking through the runway. But that's uh, neither here nor there. The kits themselves, you got some pretty good ones in there. Mm-hmm. The Halifax uh, blue and blue are is very, very nice. Pacific FC has the nice two-tone in both of their jerseys. I think they did a great job with those. FC Edmonton, they couldn't really screw up because they just kind of pulled their jerseys from their last league. That w- That's hard to screw up. But then they got some really, really bad ones. There was not really a middle ground, in my opinion. I mean, as much as Forge is kind of the middle ground where they just went orange and gray, it they could have done so much more with that color scheme, in my opinion. Even the York, the York 9 ones are just brutally awful. I don't know what they were doing with that white kit having the white, the green, and the gray all kind of... It looks like they had three different jersey ideas and kind of just threw them all together and said, here, best of luck. What colors will look good together? And they just stuffed it together, in their opinion. It was bad. And then the cavalry one. The red one's not bad, because it's the sash for the Calgary Regiment 
yeah. uh, out there, but they went with a camo green as their green jersey. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Like, what <laughs> What possible reason could you want to have camo as a jersey? Trying to hide from the pitch. They don't want to play. Yeah. Irfan, I, I've said my piece. Irfan, what do you think about the jerseys? Um, when I walked in, we, we talked briefly about it, and I said it kind of looks like Bundesliga jerseys from the second tier or the French yeah. league jerseys. Like well, that Volkswagen logo in the yeah. middle will help that German connection. <laughs> it will. Well, but uh, I do agree with you. The Pacific jersey looks really cool with the different toned, yeah, uh, different color usage there, and then the um, that blue one. There the Halifax well. Wanderers. Yeah, that one's good too. Uh, again, the orange and gray. I think it's so plain that it's like, well, we needed colors that no other team had, so let's just. Well, put those like they they had already announced the colors for each squad, so you mm. kind of knew what they were going to be, but. In terms you of have design. you have a bright like not a bright orange but a very vibrant orange with a charcoal gray. You could do so much with that color scheme. I had my concept design, which I will post as well mm-hmm. along with the podcast. I had that actually uh, doing sort of a fade from the orange at the top all the way down to the gray at the bottom of the kit. I thought it looked really good. I mean, yes, it was my concept. It, they had never had seen it. It's not like I was expecting them to no, use no. that idea, but. I was kind of disappointed with how they just went orange jersey, gray jersey. Kept Didn't add anything. Yeah. Which um, team is that? Which team uh, has those those orange and gray ones? Uh, Forge FC, the Hamilton-based squad. Oh, that's so disappointing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so disappointing. I get emails from them all the time because I'm subscribed to the, the Cats email yeah. list. And they always try and tie you to Forge FC yeah. jersey era tickets and and then there, I remember actually I did get an email about like, oh, remember to watch the jersey reveal. Yeah. And now that I see these are them, which actually makes sense, playing Tim Hortons Field. And yeah. Then, yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, that's so disappointing. Those right? are One hundred percent. They're they seem very much like like Tim Hortons Timbit soccer jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's like yeah, they, it's totally true. No, no creativity in these jerseys whatsoever. Uh. Yeah. So those ones are pretty bad. Uh, Mikey, you're not a you're not a big soccer guy. We we already said that, but I want to see what your opinion is as an outside guy. What do you think of some of these jerseys? Uh, so personally, my favorite one, I think actually, which I think is a really really nice one, is the York FC jerseys. Uh, I like the home kit with the white and then the 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 green going across of it. Um, I think that one's probably my favorite one. Really? But yeah, I do. I actually I. I Really like that. Like, All I would right. wear that, like, on a regular basis. It just looks like a nice golf shirt, to be honest with you. <laughs> Even with the charcoal at the bottom? Yeah, I don't mind it at all. And I think, like, it definitely, well, it's one of their colors, right? It goes part of the color scheme. I don't mind yeah. it one bit. Fair enough. Hey, you know what? That's fair. I just, I, I thought had they gone with the white instead of the charcoal at the bottom, it would have made more sense. Mm. Yeah, I mean... I think because they have white shorts, I think it breaks up. It'd yeah. be like a lot of white. You fair. know what I mean? So I think having that charcoal at least breaks it up a little bit. Yeah, fair enough. What about some yeah. of the other ones? What are, what are your other opinions? Let me see. Um, <clears throat> I, I kind of agree with you when you're talking about the camo jersey. Yeah. And I believe that was what? Edmonton's jersey? No, that's or a Cal- that Calvary. Calgary. Cal- so the Calvary jerseys. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the camo. Um, it also just doesn't really make sense in contrast to the other kit that they have, no. like the red and white. You'd think that they might go, you know, with one a little bit, maybe like a white with red type deal. Well, the, the problem is their, then... their main colors are supposed to be green and red. 
Oh, really? Yes. Well, there's no red in there. So. I know there's no red in the green kit and there's no green in the red kit, but that's so strange. But that's their main colors are red and green, and then white is actually their third color. Well, I'm just not a fan of of uh, of of those kits either. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, you know, these they kind of just look like traditional soccer kits, I would yeah. say. Um, but See I think I was those concerned that they weren't going to do so. <laughs> Why did you think that you thought that they would maybe try something a little more gimmicky just to try and well, yeah, do like the MLS, else? right? The, the MLS yeah. when they released their original kits, they were, whoo, they were out there. If, if you look them up, which I highly recommend you look up the original MLS kits, they were unreal. And uh, I was worried that the CPL was going to try to go down that line and wear some really, really out there kits but other than york nine everyone's sort of um gone with a traditional looking kit even valor where they have some pretty cool stuff sublimated into the dark kit it's still pretty traditional Irfan just pulled up the mls kits and he's laughing <laughs> um yeah they were stuck in the 90s at that point but oh god yeah jesus they went real hard mikey i i, I highly recommend you look up those kits they're hilarious Should I make that my tire fire instead i'll give it a go <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, I think they did a good job with the kits. Uh, I'm disappointed with a couple of them, but you're always going to be disappointed. I will admit I've already purchased one, so that's mm. fine. Is that the Pacific one there? No, I purchased the uh, Halifax Wanderers Dark Blue. Nice. I think that is the cleanest kit in the league, uh, but what do I care? I, I have no ties yet to any of these teams. It'll be interesting to see how this league kind of goes. Right now it's... If you look at the North American tiering system, it is tiered the same as MLS. So they're calling it on the same level as an MLS league. Really? Yes. Huh. Which is a joke. Well, a little bit. I, I, okay, so, you know, as you've already mentioned, you know, soccer's not, yeah. uh, not my main sport here. So how do you get that tier? Like, what? who's the overseer of handing out tiers like that okay or they just come out and say we think we're this good we belong in this tier no, thus so, they handed up in that tier so the way it works is that you have to apply when you when your league is being formed you have to apply for um a level and professional is technically number one and that's where the mls is they're the only tier one league before the cpl um and then there's tier two which is still professional but it's more of a feeder sort of system. Mm. Um, kind of like if you look at over in England, they have the premiership and they have the championship, right? So tier one is the premiership. That's the goal. That's where you kind of want to be. Uh, championship is the next step. And then you got tier three, tier four, tier five, tier six, tier seven. And you have a bunch more leagues in every tier that you go down. So like by the time you get to like tier six, there's probably 20 leagues across North America that are all classified as tier six. Mm-hmm. Um in the U.S., there's actually a league called the USL. They're a Tier 2 league. Um, so they're not considered the same level as the MLS, which is right because they're not. No. But now the CPL, when they applied, they got granted Tier 1. Which Is that just because of the lack of tiers in Canada? No, because we have the same tier system as the States. Exactly the same. We actually have, a t- we have teams in Tier 3. We don't have any Tier 2 level leagues. But we have a Tier 3 level league called League 1. And uh, one of my buddies actually plays in that. We're actually going to have him on the show at some point, which is awesome. Um, But we have that league in Ontario, 
It's called League League One. There's one in Quebec. There's one in BC as well that are all Tier 3. But we don't have a Tier 2. So when the CPL was being formed, I'm like, perfect. It's going to be a Tier 2. It'll compete with that USL League down in the States, yeah. and it'll be a feeder league. Oh, no, 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 no. They put them in Tier 1, and they're bu- building them up to be a competitor to the MLS. And I'm like, How? you're asking for problems if that's your goal <laughs> you're not going to uh, compete with the mls no there's no way years behind. especially because your biggest the biggest teams in canada aren't playing in your canadian professional league no tfc no. montreal and vancouver are not playing in the canadian professional league so you want to try to compete with the mls and be your own country's league but you don't have your three best your top three teams and they're playing in the other countries league. Like, what are you thinking? That's just stupid. Just play as a tier two, be the Canadian feeder to the MLS, and don't be dumb. So the thing with <laughs> with uh, you know soccer too is that there's relegation. Like, yes. So would this no. team it, like if if they don't end up like if the product on the field or on the pitch isn't as good as advertised? Is it possible for them to get relegated down to tier two where they should rightfully be most likely? Um, I haven't seen it in North America, to be honest. Mm. They haven't done, but there hasn't really been precedent to at any point because most of the other leagues are tiered the way they should be. Right, right. Right, like the USL should be a tier two and then they have a bunch of leagues under the USL which are tier three and then under those are tier four. Like they, they should be tiered that way. For some reason, they decided to put Canada and the tier, the CPL in the tier one, and I could not, for the life of me, explain why. Because we don't have any tier two level leagues, and we should have a tier two so level this, league. And if this league starts to crap out a little, are they going to go down to tier two? Or again, gonna... I don't know. Yeah. I, I, there's there has never been one that I've seen that I know of that has yeah. had that happen. So I mean, it could happen, mm-hmm. and I think it should be a tier two league. And what should happen is if they can get the USL and the CPL to play like competitive leagues across each other and do like a playoff sort of thing like to see eventually like five, 10 years down the road when the CPL is like a legitimate league and not just a first year league, mm-hmm. they should try to set it up like Europe and have relegation promotion. and promotion yeah. and teams from the MLS. If you're not doing well, you get relegated down to either the USL or the CPL. <laughs> And the CPL and the USL have a playoff to get a team moved up. Yeah. That would eventually. Is it going to happen? No. Not for a while. But it should because they want to be taken as a legitimate league. We're the only two countries in the entire world who have professional soccer leagues that don't have promotion and relegation. So the same 20 teams are going to be there next year. It's something that could happen down the line, and I know we just lost Mike on that one. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, the, the thing that I'm thinking about here, too, is, you know, the biggest difference between North American sports and European sports is, you know, the West adopted this whole salary cap thing, right? Yep. Like, that's not really a thing in, 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 no, not at in all. Uh, Europe. Not at all. So, so when the MLS has salary cap, that kind of makes things a little difficult when you try and structure it like you would in the EPL or in other, you know, Syria or, or any other uh, European league. Absolutely. And I get that. Um, so, you know, relegation may not make its way here because of the salary cap. And I, I totally get that. And that is something that they would need to 
kind of have to figure out. But the thing is that we would only have three leagues, right? It would only be the MLS at the top and then the CPL and the USL right yeah. below. If you kind of set up a structure that they all have to, like all the USL and CPL teams can have a salary cap of this level and then the MLS teams can have an, a salary cap slightly bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not talking like 50 million. I'm talking like 10 million maybe because some, some of the salaries are really massive, the cap. If you set it up that way, it would be okay because then you're going to get those as teams get relegated, players leave. That's just kind of how it goes. It's the natural course of soccer. If you toss in a relegation battle, wouldn't you just remove the salary cap? That yeah. way, like you have, like for example, could, yeah. compare the EPL right now. Like Cardiff doesn't have the same amount of money. No. Arsenal would. No. Right? So just get rid of it. And then, but I think what it is, is the, the reason they've added the salary cap, in my opinion, is to kind of bridge North American sports to understanding it better. Yeah. Because you know how hockey has one, baseball slowly enforcing theirs, slowly enforcing theirs. Uh, not. <laughs> slowly. Have you seen the contracts this summer? There's no. But, you know what I mean? Like, everyone in North America has grown up watching a salary cap yeah. thing. Fair and enough. I think to bring soccer into that, it goes, okay, now we've had that connection with our fan base to understand that how salary caps could work. Fair enough. But eventually, I think 15, 20 years down the road, they should turn it into that relegation battle system, which um, Mike just said. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um. Yeah, I think we we've, we've talked. We about we that. hit. <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> but I want to I want to continue on the soccer talk. And Mike, I I apologize. We are going to talk hockey, buddy. I swear to God, we are. <laughs> um, but hey, man, I'm I'm surprised that I actually had a little bit to say about that. To be quite honest with you, so I'm doing all right. Um. All right, we're gonna we're we'll hold the soccer talk for a little bit. Let's let's talk hockey first, okay? We're gonna we're gonna change it up. <laughs> Sorry, Mikey. Um, Irfan made a good point. Um, let's NHL. It is the last day of regular season. Oh, I'm so excited. Last day. We're here. And we have all of our playoff teams set. Just a couple last minute, you know, placements are still up for grabs. Um, in the East, we still have Carolina Columbus battling for that. Wild card potential. The first wild card spot. They're battling for that first wild card spot because no one wants to play Tampa. Um, They both clinched. I was kind of disappointed. I really wanted Columbus to lose last night (laughs) only so that they could lose to Ottawa and Ottawa be the team that knocked them out of the playoffs. I thought that would have been hilarious. Me too. Hockey gods would have loved that. I was so excited for it, but it didn't happen. Whatever. Um, Montreal just missed out on the playoffs. They had it. A surprising good year. I think no one expected that from that Montreal squad. As much as you can say they had Carey Price, and he's a great goalie, no one expected them to be that good. The yeah. Islanders, the Islanders have a home playoff game. The yeah. Islanders have four home playoff games possibly. There they go. Well, I mean, if they lose tonight, what's their uh, our role there? Yeah. What if what happens if they lose tonight? They have a. It- that's true. That it's not guaranteed. The, no, it's not guaranteed. They'll need a point tonight, or two. Darn. Yeah, almost there. Almost there. Um, yeah, Mikey, where do you want to start off, bud? Uh, doesn't matter to me, guys. It's all up to you. I think the one thing that kind of upset me as you were talking about how Montreal, um, you know, isn't making the team or isn't going to be making the playoffs. 
the other thing that upset me about Columbus clinching last night was the fact that I was really looking forward to Toronto and Montreal and this game actually meaning something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I really wanted that game to to be meaningful um, because I think Toronto-Montreal with a playoff spot on the line for one of those two teams, it would have been a great game tonight. And Absolutely. now, you know, we, we hear that Toronto's literally resting like half of their team this yeah. tonight. Um, I think I saw like four of their defensemen are just not playing tonight. So yeah. I'm not exactly sure what defensemen they're going to be skating tonight. But uh, so that kind of bothered me a little bit. I, I wish that today would have been a little more meaningful in terms of people still fighting for that final wild card spot. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. And again, I thought it would have been just apropos for Ottawa to be the team that put Columbus not in the playoffs if that came to be just because of everything that happened this year. Columbus taking Duchesne, Columbus taking Dezingle. Yeah trading Duclair over to Ottawa had Ottawa had the chance to knock them out and actually did. I, I think I would have died of laughter. I think it would have been. Perfect. I don't know if you saw my tweet the other day, just cause you mentioned it. Anthony Duclair is outscoring yeah, I did. both the single and Duchesne combined. Duclair is eight goals. Duchesne and Dezingle have seven goals so far combined yeah, since, uh, since the trade. I saw it. I, I just, it's just one of those things you're like, okay, how is this possible? Like, yeah, but, hey, Duclair might have found a home. Who knows? Well, I think it's all opportunity, right? Like, I think he's he's getting top-line minutes because, well, let's be, let's be honest here, they don't really have anybody else to play yeah. in their top six, so especially after the trades. And uh, I think it's taken Dezingle and Duchesne just a little bit longer than, you know, people anticipated yeah. to get acclimated to the Columbus system. And uh, I think that they'll be good to go for the playoffs. I think they played a lot better over the last couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. So Columbus is a team that, I don't even know if I'd want to play them. I mean, it doesn't really matter for Tampa who they play, but yeah. if, uh, let's say, they have to end up playing Washington, you know, I, Honestly, Columbus if I'm has Washington, a pretty good shot at winning that. If I'm Washington right now, I'd be kind of scared to play either Carolina or Columbus just the way things have been going the last couple of weeks. They're, both teams have been on fire. Well, Washington pulled the double over the Canes earlier, so I think, Still, I think they'd be afraid of playing the Jackets with the way... Columbus has been, especially come playoff time. Yeah. And, Mike, you are right. The Leafs are sitting four of their defensemen. Um, Hainsey, Zaitsev, Dermott, and Muzzin are all sitting. It's the first game this year that Hainsey and Zaitsev have missed. Zaitsev probably should have missed more at some point. So that means Morgan Riley will be joined by Calais Rosen, Justin Hull, Marty Marincin, and Igor Ozhiganov, as well as Jake Gardner. <laughs> oh, that that defensive core strikes fear into the opponents. How about you? Montreal scores ten, right? Let's go. Who's in net? Oh, are they putting Hutch? No, probably Anderson, no. Right? They they already said they were starting Anderson. However, but there was no there was mentions that he was going to not play as well. Yeah, that's the last. I mean, after they played uh, Tampa, which was literally like two days ago, they asked him, "Well, who's playing in net?" And he said, Aunt "Freddie will be playing in net." However. Now, with all these other changes, I'm curious if Hutch does end up playing. I would rather Hutch play just because I think Freddie Anderson, give him that day's rest. Um, I am not a fan of starting your goaltender on the last day of the season, whether you're in a playoff spot or not. The yeah. only time you would ever start your starting goalie on the last game of the season is if it's a must-win game and you're fighting for your playoff lives 
like tonight would have been if Columbus would have lost uh, last night. Absolutely. That's totally fair. And uh, it looks like the Canadians are doing the same thing. Charlie Lindgren is starting. Um, and Ryan po- Poling? Paling? I always forget how to say Paling. it. Paling. Ryan Paling. We'll St. Cloud his- State. Yeah, he's going to make his uh, NHL debut as well, skating between Nick Deloria and Jordan Wheel on the fourth line. Ooh. Good luck, pal. That's beautiful. Not, <laughs> not to mention, though, you, we we do we did forget to mention this. Anderson did take a shot up high yesterday in practice, so that could be another reason why he doesn't play. Also, I don't know if you want to touch on this at all, but uh, the whole Garrett Sparks <laughs> Let's thing. go. Let's go. Start it. Start it. Bring it on, Mikey. So, I mean, yesterday we kind of – a tweet came out from Kristen Shilton that Garrett Sparks – well, first of all, Michael Hutchinson had been called up, and that yes. was the first little head-scratcher. Well, and no, they, they, they'd been talking about that as an option because Hutch was playing well, so well yeah. in the A, and they, they in case Anderson was – in case Anderson got hurt, they were going to bring him up at the end of the season so that they had three goalies just in case. Yeah, and then the story got a little more complicated – when the reporter showed up to the practice rink and Garrett Sparks' stall was all cleared out and all of his stuff was gone. Yeah, his name plate was removed. <laughs> his stall from the dressing room was emptied. Yeah. And it was actually replaced by Hutch's. Yeah. So... Now, whether, th- whether or not that means that he was Hutch was going to play the, as the backup in the game today, right? And so he needed a stall or they just fully wanted to erase Sparks from the possible possibility of playing in the playoffs so what i think did you did you because i'm pretty sure uh i saw a tweet about it i'm not sure if it was dubis or babcock that kind of spoke on it afterwards uh i'm assuming it would have been babcock i doubt dubis yeah so i doubt dubis spoke to uh media yesterday but said essentially he just needs to find his game again. He needs to find confidence. Mm-hmm. So he's just going to be working with the goalie coach, find his confidence again. Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, Hutch is going to be the number two going forward. Yeah, which if you're the Leafs, it's, as much as you hate to say, it's probably the right decision. Cause oh, 100%. I mean, I've been calling good. for them to call up Hutch for the past like two months. But at the same time, I get why they didn't because they wanted him to actually play. Uh, yeah, I guess, but I mean, he's not a young goalie, so like he's a career backup. So why not just have him in the role that he's in, backing up Freddie Anderson? Yeah, but it's I not think, like he's, I think he's the a reason goalie they, and waiting. Yeah, I think the reason is because they had, they can't send Sparks down without possibly losing him, and they wanted Sparks to be the backup of the future. There's <laughs> no so way anyone's to. claiming that guy. Let's be but, real. But the thought is they might, right? After seeing what he did last year in the AHL, the thought is some team like say Chicago or say Florida someone who's really struggled with goaltending says you know what he might have struggled this year but what if we bring him over we let him play let's see what happens right you can't stop a puck (laughs) I agree I'm not saying that's what would have happened I'm saying it could be what's going through the mind of the Leafs I get it I get it they think it's another Dubnik situation where they'll lose a gem gem in quotes gem in quotes a hidden gem. Hidden gem. But yeah. Um, let's get back to the actual playoff <laughs> runs. Yeah, our, sorry about that. Side. Nah, cool. All good, man. That's what we do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's flip over to the West. And, uh, boys, the Avalanche survived. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. And a potential for a first round. And we get a top five yeah. pick. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... 
other than that, there's there's some very intriguing matchups that are going to happen in this first round. Yeah. Um, we still don't know who the winner of the Central is. No, it's a three-way battle. Right? It's, the Preds are up by one point right now. They play Chicago tonight. Winnipeg is down back by one. They play Arizona. And St. Louis is tied with Winnipeg, and they play Vancouver. All three are winnable games. People sit players, though. Who knows what could happen? One of those one of those teams is going to be first, and the other two are going to play off against each other in the first round. Yeah, it's whoever doesn't want to see St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, looking in the Pacific, you got Calgary, the eventual runaway winners of the West. I didn't see that coming, but good for them. Um, and then you got San Jose, Vegas playing off in the first round. It's gonna be a hell of a matchup, which will be fun to watch. Oof. And then Colorado or Dallas will play Calgary and be winner of the Central Division in some sort of variation. So I think we got some very intriguing matchups. As much as I love Colorado, they're going to get blown out in the first round by either Calgary or the winner of the Central. Just the way it is. But they're going to be fast. They're going to be entertaining to watch. And the games are going to be fun. I still think they lose in five. Um, how about you, Irfan? What are you thinking? I'm excited for the San Jose-Vegas game. Like yeah. that, the whole series that just excites me so much to see if well, Flurry's fantastic in the playoffs. Flurry's been fantastic all year. Yeah, and then you see Jones who can't stop a puck either. So, yeah, it should, it should be interesting. San, Ho- San Jose is two seven and one in their last ten games. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, they're getting Carlson back, so maybe that will be a, a bit of a difference for them. But yeah, mm. Mikey, how about you, man? I think uh, tonight. I, I, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is to seeing what happens in that central divisional race tonight. Uh, if St. Louis is able to somehow win the central after, you know, the first half of the season that they had just to go on this amazing they were dead surge. Last, eh? They were dead, dead last. Yeah. It like in January. <laughs> yeah. In January. And everyone's like, oh, they got to, you know, dismantle their team. They're going to trade Tarasenko, trade O'Reilly, the whole team gone. They fired their coach. And now they're a point away, a win away tonight from winning the Central Division. Possibly like, winning the Central. Possibly winning the that? Central. It's not yeah, guaranteed. Possibly. Both the other teams have to lose. Yes, yes. But still, that's impressive. And the Central, despite them not having the Western Conference champion, like, points-wise... I still think the Central is way stronger than the Pacific. Just oh, definitely. Like, well, yeah, that's based on the fact that they have both wild cards as well, right? Both wild cards and, uh, oh, oh, yeah, the two out of the next three teams. Yeah. Because Chicago and Minnesota round out the bottom part of that Central division, and they were um, second and third behind Arizona for the teams that were out. Significantly better. Like... You got the bottom four teams in the West are all from the same division. Hmm, that's not good. Also, interesting fact that wait, is this the case in the East as well? Yes. So, what's the overall main name, uh, main objective in hockey for the playoff si- system? No, just in general. What's the main objective in hockey? Win the Stanley Cup. And how do you do that? Make the playoffs. Nathan, or Nathan. <laughs> hey, I'm not your co-host. Don't give me I that. I know, I know. I'm what sorry, is this? Sorry. <laughs> Disappointed in you, Mike. What, what do coaches always tell you? What is the key to winning? Play hard, play fast, 
don't give up score more goals than the other team. Yeah. Right? My coaches never I, said that. They said many, don't give up goals. But we've been but like <laughs> interviewing. We've interviewed so many coaches, and you always ask them, "How are you going to win tonight? You're going to score more goals than the other team." Yeah, that's the just go-to answer. Yep. Funny enough, every single team that made the playoffs this year is a plus, and every team who didn't is a minus. Just something that I thought, oh, except Montreal. Except for Montreal. Montreal, Montreal you screwed up. But right isn't there. it just funny that literally all you have to do is score more goals than you let in, and you'll make the playoffs. Hey, I was saying that in that January when we, brought, when we brought the yeah. podcast back. I was saying Colorado, despite where they were sitting at the time, was positive. Mm-hmm. They were one of the only teams outside of a playoff spot that had a positive goal differential. And I said, well, if they continue to do that, they're going to push for a playoff spot. They will, yeah. Because look what happened. They made the playoffs. I was right. Well, you can. I want to put my hat on that. And we're going <laughs> to end it there. No. <laughs> no, no. Well, you can compare what Florida's been able to do. They can score. They just can't stop the puck. Yeah. So flip that over, and you're not wrong. They probably would be in a playoff spot. Or can we also point forward. out that the Ottawa Senators had one fewer goal than the Carolina Hurricanes this year? Four, one, one fewer goal for? That just tells you how bad defensively that team is. They put up 240 goals this year. Like, really? Yeah. Go Good for them. They, they, out, they outscored the Islanders. They can score. There's nothing about that. But they just couldn't stop the puck if nope. they, their life depended on it. Um, but, yeah, I think the first round is going to be very interesting matchups. I think there's going to be a lot of fast games, a lot of big heavy high-scoring games. Oh. Maybe not in that San Jose Vegas, but I think other than that, most of the other matchups, there's going to be some high-scoring games, which will be very interesting to watch, unless you're a coach and you're going to hate every minute of it. You're going to pull your starter every game? <laughs> which is why we called up Hutch. That is the reason we <laughs> called up Hutch. <laughs> anyway. Um, are there any big stories that you are looking for in this playoffs, Mikey? Any big stories? Um, I don't know if there's any like huge storylines. I think the whole Boston Toronto thing, and maybe it's just cause I'm, you know, Toronto centric living in the Toronto area, yes, but sir. I think, you know, Boston is always, has always been thought of as to be the hurdle, you know, the big hurdle that this team needs to get over uh, if they ever want to do anything in the playoffs, just a for, you know, to get past round one yep. and B for the psyche of the team. So I think this year with the addition of, of John Tavares, you know, that's a big time addition. You think about last year going seven games. I mean, you add a Johnny T to this roster. They're definitely a more skilled roster. The only thing is, is they're not playing consistent uh, no, right now. Not at all. But the playoffs are a total different animal, and, and for some reason, and it's like it's only like a five-day difference between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. But it's a total clean slate, you know. Yeah. So no, it is. You know, the the twenty twenty-two game goal is or the the thirteen fourteen game goal is drought that Kasperi Kapanen's on. That is now gone. It's now zero games, zero points for everybody. Now we curious to see That's if true. Toronto can bring back that consistency that we saw earlier in the year. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, you look at them the last ten games; they only have three wins. Yeah, but they're getting healthy now, so yeah, so it's a good time. It'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, that Boston. That's the matchup Leafs fans just dread to see every year. Yeah, we played them every year. Well, at that point, Leafs were like, "Let's just drop them to a wild card spot." Well, we said that we talked about yeah, that as did. being an option at some point, but then Montreal decided that they didn't want to make the playoffs, <laughs> so that's fine. 
Um, yeah, I think that is the, definitely the big story for me as a Toronto person, uh, seeing whether or not the Leafs can get rid of those demons of the Bruins. Who do you guys think makes it out of the West? I think the East, I mean, if you're a betting man, you'd probably go with Tampa. Easily. But the West is a bit more of a crapshoot, I think. Who do you guys think uh, might come out of there? Irfan, I'll, I'll let you answer first. I, I know who I want to say, but I want to see what you say, too. I've been saying the Sharks since the start of the season, so I'm not going to change my pick. Okay. I think. Don't both jump on me at the same time, one at a time, please. <laughs> I think Calgary has the best chance. I think they're the deepest roster, surprisingly. They can score from all four lines. Their defense is very, very solid. The only question mark is goaltending, and if Riddich can just say, hey, we're still playing regular season games in his mind, he might be okay. That's my, that no, is I'm my call. I'm jumping on that. That's not a bad pick at all. Michael, what about no, you? Yeah, that's not a bad pick at all. I think, you know, you, you kind of, you know, nailed it when you said that goaltending is the only question mark there. I think it's going to come down to the fact that, you know, whether it's Riddick or it's Mike Smith, we'll see who they end up rolling with or see if someone gets hot or not. Um, that's really the only big question mark is, is it going to be, be able to hold up? Yeah. And uh, for me, I, I think it's going to come down to whoever wins between Nashville and Winnipeg at whatever point we get there. Um, I think those are the two best teams in the West. Winnipeg, you know, they were my pick to go to win it all, like, or to win the West at the beginning of the year. And then they added Kevin Hayes. The only thing that's been bothering me about Winnipeg is, you know, the, the, you know, we talked about the, the uh, scoring woes in Toronto right now. Well, you look at Patrick Lyon and how bad he's kind of been uh, since the all-star break or really since 2019. So if, you know, he can get that clean slate and kind of get going in the playoffs, that makes Winnipeg so much better of a team. And if they can get that line going and get line A going specifically, we've seen him as yeah. an elite goal scorer in this oh, league. Absolutely. If he can get it going in the playoffs and have a good 20 games, I there is no doubt in my mind that Winnipeg can make it out of this West and beat all of these teams. They're the deepest team. They're the most well-rounded team. And uh, if they can all get going on paper, I like Winnipeg to come out of the West. Fair. I think that's that's a fair shout as well. Um It'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out, of course. Um, it's I, it's going to be fun regardless. It's the NHL playoffs. We're all going to watch them. Let's be oh, love it. Here. <laughs> we'll love it regardless of who makes the final. Yeah, I really just like the fact that we actually have some legitimate candidates coming out of Canada that could make the Stanley Cup final again this year. Yeah, Calgary, Winnipeg. You could even throw Toronto in there because they are a legitimate candidate well, despite the hurdle. fact that Tampa and Boston are in their division and in their way. <laughs> um yeah it'll be it'll be fun to watch um i still wish Connor mcdavid could get playoff hockey but whatever. oh that's that's we'll, for we'll the entire fire segment if you <laughs> i agree and we're about to get to that you better have a good one by the way mike uh i have one good okay well we'll get to it don't worry um before we do that there's one other story that uh me and Irfan are very adamant that we want to talk about and it's um Comes out of Italian soccer. Um, last weekend in the Juventus game, they were playing. Again. Who were they playing? I don't remember the whole. Remember. The whole. The whole story is ridiculous. Just, yeah. um, a young Italian. Was it Cal- Calgary? Calgary. Yes, it was. 
Cagliari. There we go. Um, they Juventus is playing Cagliari in Cagliari, and uh, they have a young striker, Moises Keane, on their team. Italian player, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, but he is black. And the whole match, the whole match, from kickoff to the end, the Cagliari fans were taunting him with racist remarks. They were making monkey noises towards him. They were saying some horrific things. Um, And that in and of itself would be a story. The young man scored a goal in this game. The eventual game winner, by the way. And instead of going and flipping the bird to all the fans that were shouting at him, instead of doing that, he celebrated with his team and then stood there and stared the fans down. Said nothing but stared them down. Now, I have no problem with that. No, me neither. But his captain... But that's what I have a problem with, yep. Yes. So his captain later, I think the next day or the same day, decided to make a asinine comment and said that the racism was 50-50 to blame on the young player, Moises Keane, and the fans saying that he needed to handle it better and didn't need to taunt the fans. And this, the captain is uh, Leonardo Benucci, a very famous Italian player, very, very well-loved in Italy, but what an idiot. What a dink. What a dumb comment to make. Even if you're in the heat of the moment, which he came out... Well, actually, he didn't come out. Um... Their coach, uh, Massimiliano Allegri, came out and said that Bonucci said that he expressed himself badly and that he realized what he had said and apologized to Keane. Notice that Bonucci did not come out and say this. Notice that it was the coach, not Bonucci, that came out in the public and said he apologized to the young player. No. Doesn't your captain have to go out there and... Make amends. He I don't. Your I, I, I don't care. I don't care if it's your captain. I don't care if it's your fourth keeper. Whoever makes the comment has to come out and say, "I fucked up." Yeah. And I just. I don't. I did not realize what I had said. No matter how stupid the comment is, and it doesn't give him the right to say it. Not at all. Which, by the way, this is my tire fire of the week. Benucci's comment saying that it was fifty-fifty to blame on Keane. That's you're dumb. Racism isn't fifty-fifty, guys. You're dumb. We talked you? about this earlier in the year. Yeah. Kubali, um, and I went off. I had a huge oh, little yeah. rant about it, and, and to you were see right. it, and to see it again, uh, it, it frustrates me to a T. Like we talked about how we still deal with it here in North America, and then you go over in a professional league where something needs to be done. I, I say just ban half the fans, like play in an empty stadium until fans understand that they can't come to a game anymore. Unless they change their behavior. This kid's 19. What, what's going to happen in three years when he's like, hey, I don't want to play soccer anymore? Yeah. Danny Rose came out to say a couple of days ago that I can't wait to retire because of all this crap. Yeah, well, like, Sterling came out and said and reprimanded Benucci because yeah. he, he faces so much oh, in he England. Does. And England is actually probably one of the better leagues for mm-hmm. racism in Europe right now. Which isn't good to say because mm. it's there's still racism and there shouldn't be. No. Mike, I know you're probably not well versed in all of the racist stuff going on in the European leagues, but what what is your take on the comments that I just told you about? 
Yeah, I did a little bit of reading up on it just because I knew that uh, we were going to chat about oh, it perfect. quick. Okay. And I, I, I was, I was kind of stunned to be honest with you that you know the captain of all people. Um, usually, captains I think kind of are smarter than that and make a little more calculated statements. Uh, and for him to say something like that and then not have the balls to to go out there and walk it back and and making his uh, him making his manager do it makes it seem like it's not sincere at all. And he didn't feel like, um, I don't know, maybe he didn't feel like he said anything wrong, which obviously we know isn't, uh, isn't the case. Um, yeah, I I just a little shocked that, uh, that, that, that kind of happened. It's, it's a disgrace, and we, we've talked about it multiple times now on this show that racism in sport, there's no need for it. Sport was always the, like, growing up, at least when I was playing, I always found that sport was a leveling ground. It didn't matter where you came from, whether you were rich, poor, black, white, did not matter. It was more of a leveling ground, and yet it's the fans, not the players. Like, if you talk to players one-on-one in the middle of a heated match, most of the time, racism is not what's on their mind. It's mm. I want to beat. I just want to beat you, whoever you are. Bleep and bleep, bleep, bleep. Right? Through there's the a, there's a lot of swearing. Yes, but like when you're actually playing a game, that's not what's on your mind. It's that guy is playing better than me. I need to go play better than him now. Yeah. Right? But yeah, it's the fans play. that just throw these asinine comments out, and now the captain of your team, who's supposed to be supporting every player on your team, is making stupid comments like that. That's when you have to look at it and say. Is this guy really our captain? Is he worth having as a captain? Because that team has a player, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, his name is uh, Ronaldo. He's a pretty good player. He could be a captain. He could be. <laughs> he could be, yeah. Chiellini could, Chiellini could can, be a captain. Can be healthy and keep it up. But it's just While kinda... you bring up Ronaldo and Juventus, I'm sure you've talked about this before. But this is a, the only time in my life that I'll probably be able to bring this up Uh-oh. on a public platform. I was so upset to see that Ronaldo had decided to go to Juventus after uh, Gianluigi Buffon left for yeah. GCU. <laughs> Man, did that ever grind my gears. You know what grinds my gears? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know it's it was kind of a surprise. <laughs> Um, old news, but that just yeah, it's old me news. Off. It really doesn't <laughs> that really doesn't matter at this point. Um, but yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Like, had he played when Buffon was there, it would have been really cool to see how far this team could have gone. Well, but Buffon, yeah, he did come out and say he's like, damn, if I knew, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have left. I wouldn't have had my like marching, and I wouldn't have left. Like, what no, the hell? Absolutely. But you know what? It's hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. So, anyways, off topic. That's okay. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So that's my tire fire of the week. Um. Irfan, we'll let you go next. And Mikey, we'll save yours for last. Sure. Um, I picked the early baseball season. I picked the Red Sox as my tire fire because I call it the championship blues or woes or something. What did I? I don't remember. I don't know. Anyways, point being, the Sox have looked disgustingly bad. bad. Getting blown away. uh, Chris Sale getting shelled for, what, seven runs in his first start? Um, getting manhandled against the Mariners, the A's, and last night, who were they playing? They That was disgusting. I, it was like 8-1 at one point, and I'm not watching this anymore, not following it anymore. Arizona. Arizona, yeah. Arizona had their own little uh, home run derby against the 
Red Sox yesterday. Yeah. Oh man, they've been they've been bad. They think like there was a stat that their uh starters have an ERA over five right now combined. Yeah. No one's been good. Porcello got stayed in for four and two third innings yesterday giving up seven on God knows how many hits. Yikes. It's just you expect them to be at a level and I know that everyone's at a certain like level in the league, but I expect them to be three or four times better. Yeah. Just well, the, with that roster, they should be. They should they're easily supposed to be at a 100 win team. They're 2 and 7 right now. The Jays. <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays, ladies and gentlemen, are a win better. Hold um, on. The Orioles are two wins better. And the Orioles. Who are yeah. supposed to be worse than the Jays somehow. Yes. So Boston can sit in the cellar until they figure out their shit. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. All right, Mikey. Round us out. Let's see what you got, dude. All right, I got two. I got one for baseball, one for hockey. Which one you want? See, I went soccer. You went baseball. Why, why don't you throw us the hockey one? All right, I'll throw you the hockey one. So this happened uh, last week, early last week. Okay. There's an interesting moment in the uh, Anaheim Ducks game between who was playing the Ducks and the Oilers. So what happened was the Ducks had Troy Terry on their list of players that were dressed and Jake Dodgson was scratched as a healthy scratch. Okay. But in actuality, it was Troy Terry who was actually the hurt player and Dodgson uh, was dressed and on the bench. That's, However, Dodgson, yeah, exactly. So Dodgson had to go back to the dressing room after the rest spotted it, and uh, the mistake was made by you know the GM slash coach Bob Murray, first time NHL coach Oof. Bob Murray. Yeah, and the Ducks had to play the rest of the game, or actually the entire game, down a player because of that silly little mistake. Oh, Funny enough, they still were able to beat the Edmonton Oilers five one down a man the entire game. Because the Edmonton Oilers are terrible. Yeah, two good players. They're their own tire fire. <laughs> exactly. But, like, how can you make such week. a stupid mistake like that? Yeah, it's... Someone has to catch that. Like, that's so bush. Someone has to catch that. Like, you cannot... Who does that come down to, though? The GM slash coach or the assistant coach or... Who? They're both. Yeah. You, it sh- it should not have to come to that, first of all. And if it does, you should have the coach write up the lineup, then the assistants check it and make sure, okay, we got everything right. Yeah. Do a head count. Do a head count. <laughs> Gets left on the <laughs> ice. Excellent check mark, you know? <laughs> Someone stands on the bench during warm-up. Okay, he's in, he's in, he's in, he's in. Yeah, okay, we're good. <laughs> I guess that's what they'll have to do for last Jeez. game of the season. Jeez. God, what? I did not even hear that story, no. but that is fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, those three are going up against our still reigning champion, the Ottawa Senators handling of their stars, which I'm still pissed that I have not won one of these stupid tire fire of the weeks yet. Did, I want to win. Did the Leafs defense not get nothing? No, it tied. Ah, oh, crud. <laughs> and because it's a tie, the championship hangs out. So Isn't that six weeks now? <laughs> Five. You know what? One we more, it gets retired. One more, it gets retired up into the rafters, and we don't we don't have to talk about it anymore. That's good because we're not real fans, right? Of the Ottawa? No. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Melnick. Sorry, Mike. What were you saying? I was gonna. The Leafs' defensive courts for tonight's game 
is a tire fire in itself. You should have went with that. I went no, I but I had the, my last tire fire was the defenseless Maple Buds, and they couldn't when they were just giving up six goals a game. But look at what is going on. Like, I know, but I can't, look I can't the use the same one twice. That's wrong. I can't use the same one twice. That's just wrong. Ah, uh, it's different. It's different. It you could have got away with it. You're right, but it's the same, and I could not do it. Anyways, I think my tire fire was pretty good, though. Yeah. The Nucci one. My honorable mention one, though, for the Blue Jays, they're hitting a buck 28 in the first six innings of each game. Yeah. They can't hit the baseball. No, at all. Good pitching. They've yes, been no did, hit. But we didn't think they were going to be able to hit the baseball. I know, but they've been no hit through four of their nine, eight or what, four or five of like their nine, uh, eight or nine baseball games so far this year through six innings. Like it's yeah. disgusting. But you look at that lineup, and they're really just waiting for Vlad. They're waiting for Bichette. They're waiting for uh, Alfred. They're waiting mm-hmm. for. Young boys. Who else am I missing? No, that's, that's kind of it. They're waiting for three players. Okay, maybe that's not good. <laughs> that could be problematic. Uh, no, they're, there's, there's, they they got a good uh, system here. It's going to take a couple of years for everyone to kind of filter through. You know, Kevin Biggio is going to be a really good player at some point. They got some really good pitchers that are coming up through the system. Um, but I think they still have a couple of guys that they're hoping that they can build around on the team that's currently there. So the fact that they're still not getting it done, you know, like they Danny Jansen's guy that they're hoping could be their catcher long term. He's not doing anything to start the year. Uh, Randall Gritchick is pretty much the only one hitting bombs. Um, you know, Justin Smoke doesn't have a home run yet, I don't think. Um, Justin Smoke's also is... not going to last with this team for the full year. No, I think they're, he'll, he'll, he'll get traded. But, I mean, like McKinney's not really doing anything. Hernandez isn't really doing much. Uh, who else do they got out there? That's that's the outfield. A bunch right of names, like it's a bunch of names. At Drury's this point. not doing anything either. Um, Telez, Gurriel, Telez hasn't, hasn't been much. terrible. Telez has been one of the better guys, but he still is. They're still not doing well as a team. I agree. Yeah, it's yeah, that's that's a good one. That's pretty. They're, they've been pretty putrid. But the surprisingly, the uh, pitching staff, like the starters, have done really well. Yes, 100%. They've done really well. By the way, the player who has played in uh, nine games so far for the Jays with the highest batting average is anybody? Freddie Galvis. Yeah, Freddie Galvis. (laughs) 320. Two bombs. Two bombs, five RBIs, three walks, and a double. Don't forget the double. We'll take it's it. funny too because my buddy he, he did uh, a fantasy baseball draft. And he drafted Galvis pretty late. I was like, "What are you drafting Freddie Galvis for? He will do nothing for you for fantasy offensively." And so I dropped him on him, and he's had a really strong start to the year. And he's pretty upset with me that I dropped him for. Oh, is this the one that you uh, you and your buddy do together? Uh, no, he just did it himself, but he's not a really big baseball guy. Uh, okay. So he kind of, he was like, Oh, look over my draft afterwards. Gotcha. I thought he drafted Galvis and I'm like, all right, Galvis is like a career 240 hitter. Gotcha. He's not going to do you anything in, in fantasy. So I dropped him, picked somebody else up for him. And, uh, yeah, he had decent, decent opening week. He's been okay. Um, I would also like to point out, like actually looking at the Jays pitching, Giles has a zero ERA through four games, two save, two opportunities, and three innings pitch, seven Ks. Uh, 
Shoemaker, in 14 innings, has not given up a run yet with 15 Ks. Yeah. Stroman is given up two runs in 12 and two-thirds, 12 Ks. Sanchez, two runs, 11 innings, 11 Ks. This is The pitching staff is stepping up. Hey, man, don't forget about Trent Thornton. Pitched last night, too. He's gone 10 and two-thirds. I didn't get that innings. far down the list. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't really, but, you know, He's got still, 15 Ks. His first... Through his first two career starts in his MLB career, he's a 169 ERA, and he struck out how 15. many strikeouts did he have? 15. 15 strikeouts, which passed uh, Doc Holliday for most strikeouts in your yeah. first two starts as a Blue Jay. Yeah, and you know who else has done pretty well so far in very limited time? Elvis, Elvis Luciano. He only had one one, uh, one adding. One 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 and one third innings, one strikeout, didn't give up a run, and only gave up one hit. Hey, I know it's a small sample size, but the Jays' pitching is actually doing okay. They are. This is why we'll see how long it lasts. This is why they're ahead of the Red Sox. That's you're right. We'll we'll see how long it lasts. I give it a month. Ah, another you're week. Giving it a little longer, or you're giving it a little longer than it should be. No, I give the pitchers a month to be, continue to do this. I give the. Uh, Hitting about a week before they realize that they're really trash and just start swinging for the fences. You think for an entire month that this Blue Jays rotation can have a sub two ERA? No, but I think they can still be a half decent rotation. The the ERA right now is ridiculous. Like I don't think anyone expects them to keep a sub two ERA. But I'm saying overall, if they can maybe put balloon up to like. Two, two, five, three ERA over the next month or so. I would say that's still a success for that pitching staff. Yeah. Right? I'm saying they're still going to pitch well for another month, and then people are going to realize how to hit them, and then our ERA is going to go up to seven. And then we'll be at the bottom. Yeah. So, all right, that'll pretty much do it here for us at Garage Door Sports in this episode. Mikey, thank you for joining us, man. We really appreciate having you on. We got to do it more often. We're next time yeah, we no. will talk about soccer, I swear. <laughs> it was all good. I, I think I gave uh, a decent, adequate amount of no, you did great. words in the soccer segments. You did fantastic. We appreciate <laughs> it. We really do appreciate it, man. So thank you for coming on. Irfan, welcome back. Great to be back. Glad to have you back in the <laughs> studio as opposed to phoning in. And uh, for everyone here, we want to thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.